0: Good evening, Rabbi Tonight's year is sponsored by a Enzwagen family. we that the of our learning should be a So last time we <coughs> learned, we went through much of Parak the story of Shal's tremendous victory against the Pelishtim, which was. Really instigated by Yanison, first assassinating the Palaiti governor and then single-handedly attacking the tremendous Polishiti camp, the tremendous Nissan Nikolajbach like who showed them. Last week we discussed Yainison's almost being killed by his own father because he had unwillingly, unwittingly, he had actually eaten some of the honey from the forest he saw dripping off the trees. Not realizing that his father had made a shvua that no one's allowed to eat till the end of the day, and there was somewhat of a tain on him, he should have noticed no one else was eating. He should have realized, and the urim v'tumim didn't respond to shol as a result of the fact that there was some sort of miila, and shol actually wanted to kill his son yainasin because he said that anybody who goes kineged the dvar hashem someone's over in the shvua just misa, and the Ada was matzal yainasin. Kaisel saved Yonason. We discussed last time what exactly that meant. Whether that meant they saved him with their tainus, with the kayach of explaining why he didn't deserve mitsa. Maybe they're paid to him with money. We also saw last week the issue of the ha'am zayvchim. They're shechting the animals and they're eating al hadam. Whatever exactly that meant, we went through the fumshaten. And now, really, we're going to move on from that story. This tremendous victory. We're going to see the immediate results of that story, and then we're going to get to one of the most famous incidents in Shul's life, Shul's battle against Amalek. So starting again from Pasuk Memvav. So, following this incident where Shul had wanted to continue chasing the Palishtim, but the Vatum didn't answer, they clarified that it was Yair fault, and by the time that was all said and done, so either, on a very practical level, it was simply too late, the Palishtim had already escaped far enough away. It was too late to press the attack. Or perhaps, as other Mepharshim explained, there was a feeling on the part of Shol that obviously HaKadosh Baruch was angry at them. It's no longer an opportune moment in Esratzen to continue attacking. So, Ve'yal Sheol Ne'achei Polishtim. Sheol goes up away from chasing the Polishtim. <laughs> the Polishtim head back to their place. They've been beaten, defeated, chased out of Eretz <laughs> but they will live to fight another day, and Kali Yisrael will continue to suffer from the Palishtim until really David, once and for all, will deal with the But For now, the Palishtim remain a powerful force. However, Shoal, and this is the first time in many, many years, this is going back and depending exactly on how you understand the history, definitely from the beginning of the days of Eli, before that, the Palishtim had political control over Eretz to we saw to the extent they didn't even allow the Jews to have their own blacksmiths, it was a very... Overbearing and oppressive political control, and for the first time, Kali Shal actually gains independence. So the Pasik tells us, Vishal lokad ha Malucha. captures the Malucha. Now he was the Meluch already. What does it mean he captures the Malucha? <coughs> so he now has the Malucha for the first time as an independent king. You know, There's a very di- big difference between being, you know, you have these kings that are under foreign powers and not much of a king. The first time Shaul actually has independent power as the king. <coughs> Rashi, the the Radak says, <laughs> There is no longer any debate over his power as king. Everyone saw that he was victorious in battle. This is the second time already he's victorious in battle. He managed to chase out the Palishtim. And he is now the undisputed monarch of Ayat Yisrael. He has... Political control, military control, and this is the lotion of lockout HaMaluchas. He now captures the Maluchum. The Malbim says that he was as long as the policemen were there, he couldn't really be a strong melech. Either way, Shaul now becomes a powerful king. And what does he do? He now goes to war against all of Klal enemies from all sides. Very interesting choice of words. Wherever he turns, he was Marshia. What does that mean? He was Yarshia. So the Malbim says, "Pirish any direction in which he turned, Lochem Imai, anybody who was wanted, so the Yashia is not really referring to him, it's about what those did in response to him. They fought against Shaul. Lochem so from all sides, he was able to be victorious against all of the attackers, all those who were trying to harm says, Yashia. There are Bagh says, it's a Lashian Yashia, he destroyed his enemies. That's the Lashian of Tashia, it's a Lashian of, of destruction. Others say, that he was Megab, the Ridd says he was Mezgaber Venoitzcham Kurusha. It's a marshal, just like a Russia someone who is Mezgaber al khaveira he overpowers his friend, the guy's of the money, and steals his money. So Shul overpowered all of his enemies. Right, either way, exactly how we explain it into the words of Yashia, the point is that he had tremendous success in all directions. Shul's the undisputed king, he subdues all of the enemies on all sides. The whole is going by using his frame. His eyewa, easier Shia no so why, why is it referred to him personally as opposed to It'll be Yeah, it's not interesting. It's interesting. No, Zucher, Kalisol's enemies over here. And he's acting in his role as king, as Melch And these few p'sukim really are the summation of Shaul's melucha. And according to many we we're, we're going to see that, we're about to see in the posik, we're going to talk about things that didn't happen yet because this is really a summary of Shaul as Melch. And this is really, his high point as Melch. After, we're all familiar, the story where he's unsuccessful in his battle against Amalek. So he begins to, his Malucha begins to become weaker. The Nabi tells him he's going to lose the Malucha, David begins to rise to power. But this is the summation of Shaul as king. Vayas chayel, and he does the great acts of valor. Vayaches Amalek, and he defeats Amalek. And he saves Klaal from the one that was oppressing them. Now, there's a big mahalik showing him how to understand this pasik. The more standard mahalik and would seem is to understand, definitely that's how the Malbim understands, is that this is just giving us, in a few psukim, an overview of Shaul's malucha. And we're talking about the battle that we're about to learn about when Shaul goes to war against the Moloch and he actually kills pretty much all of them misses a few, but this is telling us what's going to happen. And the Malbim sees in this passage, it's a time on that Sheol went to battle to save Klal Yisrael Mi'ad And that's not what he's supposed to do. The battle of Amolik is a battle to become, is a battle to be nikoim Nikmas Hashem, to go and destroy the Hoya, right? Hashem right. That's the goal. The goal is not to save Kali Yisrael. So it's a little bit of a taino on show that he went to this battle with the wrong intentions. However, the arm of Arshim understand that this is actually not referring to the coming Muhammad. This is referring to a different Bolchama. That he went to battle against a Malik Other times, Amalek is noted raiders. We'll come across them again. David fighting against Amalekim; they were basically marauding desert Arabs, and uh, Shaul went to war against these marauding desert Amalekim to protect Klal Yisrael. And this has nothing to do with the battle that he's about to fight—a battle of destruction and annihilation against the entire nation of Amalek. Starting up with the Kadosh Barak, starting up with the Barak's people, right. So what what would be the difference? He's I mean, not going to physically fight against Hashem by fighting against Yidden. He's trying to he's showing that. So I mean, what's is the not difference if he's to going to battle to save them or to destroy them? In other words, it's, 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 it's by fighting against a Malik who started with Clients well, He is being right, bandit. but the difference is that if if you're going just to save, so when the when the mission is over, you stop. If the battle's a battle of destruction, it's not about when Amalek is weakened, the Ma- Amalek's in full retreat, Amalek's not a risk anymore. Then, if you appreciate the, the role is here, is, it's a very different type of battle. And that's what the Lashen uh, Album over here says, He didn't destroy all of them. His was to save them from their current oppressors not to wipe out the name and he wasn't there to take revenge about what had happened in the past Ah. so if this battle is referring to the coming Tzivoy, then there is so the Malbim and the Metzudus and the Radak all understand that this is telling us what's going to happen in a few Psukim the Mepharshim was saying this is a separate battle, then there's no time on him. Then this was just part of his actions as king. He was just going to save them, just like he fought against Moev and Amalek and all the other oppressing nations. So he also fought against Amalek. You know, it's a little bit interesting why it would be a separate Pesach then. It definitely seems that this is a separate battle we're discussing. Not doesn't fit in with the rest. Now the Posik now tells us about the Mishpach of Sheol. Now the Pesach tells us, Ehiu b'nei Sheol, Yoynesen, V'Yishvi, Umalki Shua. Three sons. Now we know that and actually has, that Shaul actually has a fourth son. His name is Ishbaishus, and he is going to become king when Shaul is killed. And this, he's not mentioned in this passage, and there's two very different reasons. Some say the reason that he's not mentioned now is because he was not a warrior. He wasn't from the sons of Shaul who went out to battle with him. That's why he wasn't killed in the final battle when Shaul was killed, together with his sons and he's left out for that reason. I'll just say the exact opposite, that he's left out because we're going to have a whole, he's going to, have, he's going to feature prominently in his own prokem when we speak about him being king, so he doesn't have to be mentioned as an Agav. You know, Over here, it's just throwing in who the sons of Shaul were. Now, there is a little bit of an issue with names here, because elsewhere we're going to have different names for the names of Shaul. So Ola the Farshim right away tell us that Yishvi is really Avinodov, who's going to be mentioned later on, and in Diveri Yomun. And uh, there's different names. We find this throughout Tanakh. Different different people are given different names. I saw one of the Farshim even said that uh, Machlan and Kilian, it says, brings from Diveri Yomun, I forgot the two names, I don't have my notes, who they really were. So this is something we find throughout Tanakh. People have more than one name and they're mentioned in different places for different reasons by different names. Now his two daughters are mentioned because they're very important. They're going to feature prominently in... Their relationship with Dobr Amelach. Vishem Shnei Benoisev, V'shem Habachira, the older one was Meirav. Vishem Hakitana is Michal, who's going to be the one who's eventually going to marry Dobr. Vishem Esha Shol Achinoyam Bas Achimatz. V'shem Tsar Tsar tzavoy, So his wife was Achinoyam. His sher was Achimatz. His general was Avner Bener. We'll see a lot more about Avner. Doid Shol. He was the son of Ner, who was the uncle of Shol. How was Ner Shol's uncle? Because Kish, the father of Shoal, the Ner, Avi Avner, were both Ben Avil. They were the two sons of Avil. So we have the Zaydis Avil. He had two sons, Ner and Kish. Ner had a son Avner, and Kish had a son Shol. So Shol and his general were cousins. Now, the Pesach tells us one more important facet of Shaul's melucha, Vatihi Ham chazak ala pelishtim kol sheol, the entire time period of Shaul's melucha, there was a constant state of warfare with the pelishtim. v'roh Shaul kol ish gibur, any time saw a person who was a gibur, he was a barhachi to go and fight in his army, ben v'chol ben chayil, hey, v'esei anybody who was a person who had the capacity to fight, to be a warrior... So he was taken into the army. So this was a constant state of warfare. There's constant border fights. And we'll see soon that when Kaisal goes to war against Amalek, they don't have the same force that they had not much earlier when they went to war against Nachish HaAmoini. And the reason is because, i understands understand, is that they had soldiers were tied up. A lot of soldiers were tied up defending the frontier against the Palishtim. So now we come to you, it's a famous part of Sefer Shmuel, the command to Shaul to defeat Amalek. Now we have to appreciate that this is coming at this point. We have this Hakadam of Shaul defeating all his surrounding enemies. And we know the Pasuk says, mm-hmm. when I call Baruch, who gives you peace from all your surrounding enemies. So then, the next mitzvah that comes is so there's the mitzvah of Yishav Eretz Yisrael comes with Machias Amolek and Binyam Beis Amigdash appointing a Melach. Kol Yisrael appoints a Melach. The Melach has Hineach Hashem like Kachem Ekalveh Chamisaviv, and now he gets the Tsivay from the Navi. It's time to Mekayim the midst of destroying Amolek. Shmuel now comes to Shol and it says Sholach Hashem al You know it's interesting. Moshih, you're making the point before. I kept talking about the enemies of Shol. Over here, HaKadosh Baruch through Shmuel, Mepharshim points this out, make a very bedavka point of pointing out that he's appointed as a, a melech. He's not the melech on Shaul's nation. He's the melech al Ami in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's nation. al Amay al-Yisrael. And Shaul points out to him, I pointed you as a king and you have a specific role here. You're here to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu's nation. And now I want you to hear, listen, pay attention to the Devar Hashem. And the Mephoshim point out that this is a tremendous opportunity for Sheol, because we remember that Sheol initially did not listen to the Devar Shmuel when he was waiting to go to battle against this tremendous Polish the army, and Sheol told him, Shmuel told Sheol, you have to wait seven days until I come, and Shmuel, at Shol, sorry, it's confusing, Shmuel, Shol, Shol, at the end of the seven-day period, Shmuel had not yet arrived, and the people <coughs> were abandoning him, one after another, and he felt that he had to act, despite the fact that Novi told him to wait, and he stepped forward, and he brought the carbon before, and Shmuel shows up right after that. And it was a mistake, he felt pressured by the people, and this is, you know, we have to remember, we're talking about the Bechir Hashem, you know, for, for us to talk about Shol HaMalach is, we have no concept of the greatness of Shaul but to learn the lesson from it, the mistake of Shaul is that he was too easily pushed around by Kali Sheol, and too easily swayed, and not loyal enough to the Dvar HaShem. So now the Navi is letting him know that you have an opportunity to be Shemeya Lakul Divrei HaShem, ignore what everyone else says and listen to the Dvar HaShem, this would have been a kapara for Shaul Had Sheol listened with total Fidelity to the Dvar Hashem in this situation, it would have been a kapara for what he had the mistake he had made before. So Koyam Hashem Tzvakeh. Now Shmuel tells him the Asher of baderech Kol Mitzrain. I remember what Amolik did to Klal Yisrael when Klal Yisrael was coming up from Mitzrayim. Now in this pasuk, the Malbim interestingly sees a remez that. The, any excuse that one nation could ever have to go to battle with another nation—sometimes he says it's because you want to conquer land. Sometimes you feel threatened. Sometimes it's a religious war. Every he goes through every reason that's possible, and he's midayik. The pasuk's pointing out: Chalysol is There's no reason to attack them. They didn't have a land. Chalysol was weak. lay early kim—they weren't fighting over religious reasons. There's absolutely no reason for this war. Except because it was a mo- they were coming to show Hakadosh Baruch Hu just showed his power to the whole world. and they're coming to show. Eh, don't be so impressed. so Ha-Kadosh Baruch Hu says, I remember. Hakadosh Baruch Hu and the Farshim point out, the Chazal point out over here that the lashon of Pekadut is used. Hakadosh Baruch Hu remembers. Sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it's quicker, and there's and this la yeah. ra, and a says, I remember now it's the time to pay back a Molech for their evil they had done. And it's an important lesson because sometimes we look around the world and, and we're just laying this in Kehela. Sometimes a person does 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 raw <laughs> and Akkallah Bakh is he has a long, long time. It looks like nothing happens. A mollik Akalish Bakh says, Hashem, Amolik Dar Dar. And it seemed like Amolik is uh, impervious. But now Akalahbak says Pakadhi, I didn't forget, now it's the time for a Baruch to repay Amolik for the Maisei Haro. I happened to saw this week the Chovetz Chaim. He said that there's two stories from the Chaim. The first story was there was the Chovetz Chaim once in, his, in Raden. There was a, a almana who couldn't pay her rent. And the Gevir who owned the house won her out of there. She didn't pay rent already for a long time. Out. It was in the middle of the winter. She said, I can't leave. I'm not leaving. She refused. This guy went and took the roof off of her house. Chavz Chaim said he sat and waited. He knew Hakkadesh Baruch would not let such an act, an act pa- pass unpaid back. He said it took eight months. Eight months later, the person was bitten by a rabid dog and died in Misamashon. But then, eight months, we, we could understand waiting. But then he brings another story. Chavz Chaim says he waited 30 years to see Hakkadesh Baruch Hu paying back. There was a person, in those days, it was the terrible Xeris of the Cantonists, of people, kids were being captured by the czar, and taken to the Russian army. And unfortunately, people with money used to pay off others to, uh, to, the chappers, to go and take poor kids instead of their kids. And he said, someone, a like, gvir in town did this, and he had a yeshiva bachar, an alman, I mean, alman a yasim, was taken instead of his son, and Chavetz Chaim said he knew a Kaddish would pay the person back. He didn't know how it would happen. He said it took 30 years, but 30 years later this person's son Got contracted a terrible sickness, died in Misam Mishuna, and who was so contagious, no one wanted to go near him. And this person had to bury his own son personally with his own hands because the Chaver didn't even want to go near him. So Hakadosh Baruch Hu says, "Pekadati." Hashem remembers. There is the Yesh Din, the Yesh and Sometimes it takes time. So Ha-Kadosh Baruch Hu says, "Pekadati." Hashem also Amalek LeIsrael. Hashem some Levaderich. I remember what Amalek did LeIsrael. And now the time has come. Atah, now, leich ve'ikises Amalek, go and destroy the ve'chramtem eskola asherloi, destroy all of their possessions, this is very important, because by destroying their possessions, it makes clear that this is not a battle of conquest. Shalom is in the middle of all these battles of conquest. We want to make the point that Kodesh Baruch wants it to be apparent that this is a battle about wiping out a nation that's a asheru shavra. So if you can take any of their belongings, then it looks like a battle of conquest. Loisachmalolov don't have any rachmonis. Veimata me isha ad isha man woman me oel v'ad children old men young babies mishor v'ad semigom v'ad And our kolish bochur had to give a special commandment of here loisachmalolov because I kolish bochur knows that klaliyos are rachmanim bnei rachmanim. It's very hard for us. The we'll see, Hashem. Will give us Kayach. we'll get all the way into Malachim. we'll see that the Goyish kings knew this, there's a story Ben Hadad, the king of Syria went to war against Achav, and when he was defeated, they told him, go in, and cry to the Melch Jewish king, Jews, have Rachmanas. I'll have Rachmanus on you and kachava. but HaKadosh Baruch warns them, don't have Rachmanus and we have to appreciate this because unfortunately, Kalei did have Rachmanus, and is warning them not to do this because when a person has Rachmonas in the wrong place, it ends up becoming Achzorius elsewhere. So misplaced Rahmanis, like Kodesh Baruch who says, don't have Rachmonas, misplaced Rachmonas is not Rachmonas. It's Achzorius. Vayisham HaShoah Asa'om, shol gathered, And he counted them flood. So most pashab Shat would be Betflon as a shame Mokim. But Chazal understood over here, that he had, Shaul had become tremendously wealthy now that he's the king and he won all these victories and he had tremendous flocks of sheep. He told every soldier in the army, take a sheep from my flock. And so each one took a sheep with him, brought it to another place, and then they counted all the sheep and he knew how many soldiers he had so he can properly arrange the battle and appoint officers and so on and so forth. Va'yifkidein betloim, Masayim Elifragli, 200,000, so that means 20,000 per shevet and only 10,000 from Yehuda. Yehuda is usually the stronger, larger shevet. So some of the Farshim explained that Yehuda was very tied up in fighting against the Polishtim. Yehuda borders the Polishti territories and therefore there was less from Yehuda. But, so we have two Peshatim so far. It could be Kibshuta, it's the name of a place. It could be that Akshol was counting them through sheep and why didn't he just count them regular? We know the Isser, Kisises me that uh, we have to make sure to count them, We can't count them directly. But there's a third shadow of Tagimiernison says a half of the They counted them with sheep. They're not stammed the way the Gemara says they took sheep. Yenison says He counted them with the sheep of carbon Pesach it was Pesach time, and they brought them all of Kleistel to Noiv to bring the carbon Pesach, and he counted the sheep, and I day know counting the sheep, he knew how many soldiers he had. Now, without, you'll have to know, what? Per Oh, you have to know, maybe it was per Mishpacha, maybe each, each one brought along their family, it's a good question, you know, usually, you know, the Gemara makes the Chesh and elsewhere. And the Gemara talks about the Pesach Mocha, the Pesach of, of being squished, where there was a tremendous, was in the Bayesheni, a tremendous amount of Karbonis, and we assume that each one had numerous people, but I'll go upon him, that's the I v'yoveh shol ad ir Amalek shol comes until the city of Amalek Vayorev benachal. shol has a riv, an argument benachal. what what, what does this mean? so, k'p'shutai there was some sort of skirmish some sort of small scale battle around this nachal whether the the Amalekin didn't want to let the Jews drink from it then the Jews fought back some small scale battle fight, this was the beginning of the fight, there was a little skirmish around this Nachal. But if you look over here, Chazal says something interesting, Chazal says, He was having an internal conflict, and the source of internal conflict was the parsha of Eglar Rufa, which is Don Benachal. He said, He said, you have to do for one one dead person. and the how could I wipe out a whole nation? What do the animals do? What do the little children do? Shol ki ilu had a tiny. Can I get a So this is what Chazal say. And then some of the Mepharshim understand interestingly over here that Shol didn't want to just attack straight out. It doesn't look nice, you know. Every, every, every uh, dictator, every, every in today's day and age, right, when you go to war, so you want to make some sort of pretext, right? Putin set up, he had, it didn't work out, they're going to make some sort of chemical attack on some people in, in, in eastern Ukraine. He would use that, Russians, he'd use that as an excuse. Everyone, like the Germans, everyone wants to have an excuse to go to battle. So he started this little muhama about the nachal, have some sort of pretext. He came in and Malakim like said, get out of here. And this was a pretext, at least he had an excuse to go to war. And Kepshutai, these two things seem very separate, you know, some pretext to war and making a Kavachlemer Ba'atzmei. But the MS is, I saw one of Mepharshim, I think it was in the das life, wants to put these two things together. He says that the Mepharshim who say this pshat, that he started with a pretext, uh, you know, wanted to have some sort of excuse to fight. They look at it as a sataynon show. Shoal didn't want to look bad, like this aggressor. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted it to be clear to the world that this battle was achvarak exclusively for the purpose of annihilation. We want a genocidal war, right? It doesn't sound nice, but that's what we wanted, a genocidal war against Amalek. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows better than we do that, 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 that where was Amalek headed, right? Amalek made the gzera of uh, Anoshim, Anoshim, the taf, the so this is this is the, the grandson of Amolik. Amalek wants to wipe out Khalis, so Amalek is the enemy of Akhlajbarku. Yodal But HaKadosh Baruch wants it should be that type of battle. And Shaul already is now, by trying to find a pretext for the war so he could feel a little bit better about himself, is already going connected to Hashem. So this riv that he had, the maybe based on the concept of Eggla Rufa. That's what led him to feel that he had to go in with some sort of pretext, some sort of story, why he's fighting, and that was the beginning of the mistake. al <coughs> we have, what? No, no just bringing out the inclusion of Chashivas of one dead body is so important. You know, this week's parsha is. Hirig, what was the last end of the pasuk? Dami yishafich. That you know, any any dead person, there's a requirement for ba'adam dami yishafich. Uh, that the only way to right, what's the last the pasuk? V'lo v'lo sachne for the aretz. I'm saying that this is a very, you know, any any misa requires that the hirig has to be put to death. <laughs> it wasn't mamashik avochemir. You just bring out the chashivas of of each each dead person. So now. So just before we get to the battle, so Shaol now, interesting, Vayemir al Hakeni. There were descendants of Yisrael. Now some of them lived amongst Khalishol, some of them were part of the Sanhedrin. Some of them apparently were living right near where the Amalekim were living. Could be even that their home country. So one of them far on the sands that Midian is not that far from Amalek was. But either way, there's uh, there's descendants of Yisrael living right there amongst Amalekim, and it's very dead, you know, no one wants to be caught in the crossfire. So he told him, "Amaleki, better quickly move away from Amalekim. Pen imoi. Va'ata asisa kol Yisrael. You did chesed with all of Klal Yisrael. Chesed in kol Yisrael. The chesed I did to Moshe or maybe the chesed to Klal Yisrael of, of Yisrael's Eitzah, how to set up a court system." But either way, chesed that was done is considered still for all the day Da'iris a chesed they did with all of Klal Yisrael. <laughs> took, the, took the warning and they moved themselves away from Amalek. Now we have the actual battle. <laughs> Tremendous <laughs> destruction of Amalek. agag <laughs> They capture Agag, the king alive. Ves kol ha'om hechrim l'ficharav the entire nation is wiped out. Vayachmel shol v'ha'om al agog, they have rachmonas on agog. V'al metav hatzoyim v'aboker v'ashmenim the best cows, sheep, special fattened animals. V'al akorim v'al kol atoyiv v'le'ovu achrimam and Klal Yisrael they felt how can we this about so much? How can we let it all go to waste? V'cho hamalacha. And <clears throat> everything that wasn't so gishmak, that they destroyed. But Lamaisa, they took the choice things for themselves. And this is a tremendous on on So, because the whole point of this battle was utter destruction of Amalek, taking nothing for yourself to show that this is And So unfortunately fell short. And the one who's really held responsible, the job of the king is to make sure So does what have to do. And Bezashem Hashem next week, we'll have to discuss the reaction of Akalish Borchu, one of the most famous p'sukim in all of Tanach. Akalish Borchu doesn't need carbonis. And the Shmoy al Dvar Hashem. Be'ez Hashem, we'll get to that next week.